you find your place in Psalm chapter 100 this morning, I invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to read the entire chapter and uh, pray, and, and then, Lord willing, I'll bring a message from the last verse of the, mes- uh, the, the chapter here in just a moment. But the whole chapter is good. The Bible says this, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all your lands. I want to say this, I'm glad it doesn't say a beautiful sound. I'm glad it says a joyful noise. Me and my wife used to sing a lot more together uh, other place and I always said she's the joyful and I'm the noise of the bunch. But uh, I'm glad for that. Then it says this, serve the Lord with gladness. I know some folks will need a little dose of that. Uh, you ought to serve the Lord with gladness. You ought to have some happiness, some pep in your step serving the Lord. And then it says, come before his presence with singing. I like that too, because even if you can't sing, he says, come into his presence. Well, say, I ain't singing for you anyway. You say, you can't carry a tune in the book. I'm not trying to carry it for you. I'm trying to carry it for him, singing. And then I like this. Why? Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Would you help us pray and we'll try to bring the message from verse 5. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord for your love for us, and thank you for letting us be in church one more time. Thank you for letting me be around these people. Thank you for the songs that we've been able to sing about your grace and your mercy and your salvation that you've given to us. And God, thank you, Lord, just for being God. And thank you, Lord, for letting us have a Bible and being able to read the Word of God. And thank you for the Spirit of God that guides us into all truth. And Thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you for uh, meeting together. You promised that if two or three were gathered in your name, there you'd be in the midst. And I believe you're here. And God, you say you inhabit the praises of your people. And I believe you're inhabiting here this morning. I'm glad you're God enough to do it here and all kinds of other places at the same time. And so glad I'm glad that I'm saved. Glad I'm one of yours. I'm glad that I get to stand before these great people now. And I pray you'd help me preach with power and of the Holy Spirit of God. I pray God our minds would be turned towards you and if they be one lost here this morning. I pray, pray God, they be saved. And God, if there's anybody just needing a, a touch from you, I pray, God, you'd do it in a way that only you can so you get the glory for it. In Jesus' wonderful name I pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the word of God. Outside of Psalm 100, maybe the most explicit Bible verse in Related to the matter of thanksgiving outside of Psalm 100 is 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 where the Bible says this, In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If you're wondering what the will of God is for your life, you can start right there. With in everything giving thanks. And this verse commands believers to give thanks to the Lord, not for everything. It doesn't say we have to thank Him for everything, but in everything. And and certainly we ought to be 
thankful people. Not just because we're told to. I mean, we are commanded to here in Psalm 100. We're commanded to in 1 Thessalonians. But we ought to be thankful because we have much to be thankful for this morning. However, I have discovered, maybe this is not true in your life, but in my life, our thankfulness could be a very fickle thing. It really could. Because a lot of times, my thankfulness is focused on things that are physical in nature. And what I mean by that is, I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for my family and for my home. I'm thankful for my uh, financial stability. I'm thankful for the things I have. Yet, all of these things are subject to change. Every one of those things uh, uh, can fall apart. Our health can decline. Our families can be broken up and separated by death or devastation or even, uh, God forbid, divorce. Our bank accounts can dry up. And, and what are we going to do then if that's all we've ever thanked God for? What are we going to do when all of that runs out? How does that affect our thankfulness? You know, if we're not careful, a spirit of unthankfulness could rise up in our, all of our lives this morning. I mean, uh, uh, while we don't think that's a really awful thing, we could think of a lot of worse things maybe that people could do than being unthankful. God thinks a little bit differently about it. In Romans chapter number 1, that great discourse of, uh, of the, of the, the digression, uh, digression of mankind. In Romans chapter 1, we see man uh, consistently turning from God and turning from God in which the end result of Romans 1 and their turning from God is they become a reprobate. They become a reprobate mind. And in the midst of that, that awful chapter about men turning from God, in the middle of all of that, in verse number 21, God said, this is what the Bible said, because that when they knew God, they knew God, they glorified him, not as God, and watch this, neither were thankful. It became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened. It's almost as if the hinge that turned a man from God even further is they were not thankful and then their imaginations became vain. Then their hearts were darkened, it seems to me. And then in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, the apostle Paul is writing under inspiration and he begins to talk about those perilous times that were coming and we believe that we're here now and we believe they're here now. And he begins to give that list of wicked, vile, debauchery things that, God, that people will do, that men will do in these last days. He lists the things that we're dealing with now that we never could believe that we'd see exposed to the world and in the middle of all of that he says this for men shall be lovers of their own selves that's where I think it all starts and covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful and the next thing is unholy and then he goes to the rest of the list both of these passages are dealing with uh, the digression of man in sin and in that list uh, of these uh, sinful acts that man is capable of in the midst of these wicked, vile things is the sin of being unthankful. And if we're not careful, it could all happen. It could happen to all of us. And you may think that you're shielding yourself from a lot of other gross immorality. 
But if you get unthankful, I believe it's the hinge that opens the door for a lot of that stuff. You begin to love yourself. You begin to become self-centered. And you become, your life is all about you. And it's that they call this generation, the past few generations, the me generation is me, 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 me. What's my thoughts? What do I want? What do I get out of this thing? And we become thinking of ourselves. We become unthankful. And we have an attitude of unthankfulness in our lives. And so I would suggest now, that we ought to be thankful for those things I mentioned just a minute ago. We ought to be thankful for our physical health, right, if you got it. Uh, you were able to be here this morning. Some of you came in different ways. Some of you came inside here in different ways. And whether you walked in or were wheeled in, uh, thank God you're here this morning. You were able to get up this morning. There's many people that wasn't able to wake up or get up out of the bed this morning. There's many people that do not have the physical health that, that you have. Thank God for that. You ought to thank God uh, for your uh, financial stability. You say, you don't know I'm poor. Uh, you live in America. Ain't none of us got it as bad as we could have had it. A lot of us are doing a lot better than most people in the whole world. Uh, but listen, you ought to thank God for your family. You ought to thank God for your friends. You ought to thank God for all that. But I want to uh, submit to you this morning, those things may change. But there are some things that will never change that we ought to be thankful for this morning. And I want to just mention three short things this morning and then we're going to go eat on some unchanging reasons I'm thankful. Some unchanging reasons I am thankful. Number one, notice your Bible. Verse number five says, The Lord, for the Lord is good. Amen. Now in verse number five begins with the word for and that means what I just told you in the verse before, this is why you're going to do it. And what the verse says in chapter four, yeah, verse four is enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And you say, well if I told you to enter into the church with thankfulness and praise and blessing the Lord, your first question, because all of us are a bunch of rebels is why should I? Why should I? I stumped my toe on my nightstand this morning. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and my, my clothes that I wanted to wear wasn't ready and I didn't have breakfast and I didn't have my coffee and I didn't have blah, 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 blah. Why should I? Well here's why you should for the Lord is good. That sounds so simple. That sounds so little. That sounds so maybe unimpressive. That sounds so limited in a description of God. But my friend, God is good. He is good. The word good simply means this, good. It means pleasant. It means beautiful. I say this, he's pleasant, isn't it? He is beautiful, isn't it? He's wonderful, isn't it? The word good means delightful. It means glad. It means joyful. It means precious, correct, and righteous. It also means expensive. Hey, God is good this morning. God is precious this morning. God is joyful this morning. God is pleasant.
miserable this morning. God is righteous this morning. God is right for everything that's wrong. God is good this morning. Everything God does is an expression of his goodness. Everything he does, we ought to praise him for. Because whatever he's doing, he's doing it for our good. He's an expression of who he is, is what he's working in our life. We ought to praise God because he's good. Regardless of what's happening in our life, God is good. No matter how it's going to work out in the end, God is good. No matter how things turn out, God is good. So if I could submit to you one thing this morning, and that would be you ought to praise God because he's good, and that will never change. Your health may change. Your family circumstances may change. Your financial circumstances may change. But God is good. If I read it 10,000 years ago, God is good. He was good back then. And if I read it right now, God is good presently. He is good. And 10,000 years from now, when I read it again, it says God is good. He's been, he'll be good then. God is good this morning. You ought to thank him. Just how good he is. How good he is. I mean, I just, it don't take much for me. I'm not talking about every, t- every day. I'm not talking about all the time because, man, I get in my pity parties too. I get in my attitudes of where I'm unthankful. I start missing out on what I am, what I do have. I start being ungrateful for what's going on in my life. Got to start getting ungrateful for the, the pain and the suffering and, uh, when, when things go wrong, when people do you wrong, uh, when all that other stuff happens, I start getting my mind on, on myself or on them. But my friend, if I ever turn my heart and mind uh, to the Lord, uh, I've never found him unfaithful. I've never found him letting me down. I've never found him where he had not come through. He's always been good. He always will be good. And he is good right now no matter what's going on. He's good. He's good. Number two. I'm going to reach quick because I'm hungry. Verse number five. For the Lord is good. Watch this. His mercy. His mercy is everlasting. His mercy. One of y'all thank God because he's good, but you ought to thank God for his grace. Now, I know, I know, I know. Grace and mercy, they got two different definitions. I believe they're the two sides to the same coin. See, see, grace, grace is defined as getting what you do not deserve. And mercy is not getting what you do deserve. So it's the, it's the two sides of the same coin. Hey, listen, we are told that his mercy is everlasting. That means presently when you're reading this, it's still everlasting. Presently when, when David wrote this, it was everlasting. Now listen, before David ever pinned it down, It is everlasting. His mercy is everlasting. You know what? We ought to thank God this morning because he is constantly extending his mercy to us as we go through life. Listen, we live in an age where everybody says, well, I want what's coming to me. I want what I deserve. I got my rights. I don't want what I deserve. I don't want what I deserve. But if I got what I deserved, I would be in hell already this morning. And if I wasn't in hell, I'd be somewhere strung out on something, messed up on something. Hey, listen to me. I do not want what I deserve this morning. Titus chapter 3, verse number 3 gives a good description, a good picture of what the believer was before they was born again. 
I know I preached on a little set about, about that on, on Wednesday night, but it bears repeating. Psalm, Titus 3 and 3 says this, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. We was ignorant of everything to do with God. Then it says disobedient. We disobeyed the things we didn't know about God. Rebellious against the things of God. Then it says deceived. Boy, we're led deeper and deeper by the old deceiver, that old accuser. He led us deeper in deception and into sin. Then it says serving diverse lusts and pleasures. Uh, listen, we are a slave to our fleshly desires, our fleshly appetites, uh, serving diverse lusts and pleasures. Then it says living in malice. Oh, we give it over to a lifestyle of evil, a lifestyle of sin. Then it says envy. Well, that's the that's the that is uh, the sin that breeds a lot of this sin is envy is because that's the we're not satisfied with what God's given us. We're not content with what we have. We're always grasping for more. Always want what somebody else has got. Always want what everybody else has got. We're envious. Then it will become hateful. Full of hate, full of, 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 of unkindness, mean-spirited, hard to get along with. Hey, listen to me. If Can't nobody get along with you. It ain't nobody else's fault. It's your fault. Yeah. Amen. I went to preach on that and didn't think about saying that, but I just felt like I ought to say it. If you can't get along with people, it's your fault, not everybody else's fault. Amen. And so then watch you hating one another, walking without love. Well, that's a good description of what I was before I was saved. And it's a good description of that old nature that rises up in my life. I know some of you got angel feathers in your mouth every time you pray, but I'm telling you that old nature rises up in me a lot. And that old nature rises up, that foolishness rises up, and that disobedience, that rebellion rises up in me, and that's what we were. And some of you may still be that way because you're lost without, the, without God, and that's a terrible condition to be in. But that's what the Bible says we were. It said it like this in, the, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. It said this, No, you're not the unrighteous, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers, of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extraordinaries shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. That's what we were when we were lost. That's what we were before we saved them. Then Ephesians chapter 2 said it like this. And you hath he quickened who were dead. You were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as that's what we were before we saved that's who we were before Christ came to where we are and listen even in that condition (laughs) even just like that even just, whoa, hallelujah. But God committed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us in that condition. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. He could have written us off. He could have sent us all to hell and allowed us to go there, but he loved us and he done something about it. If I got what I deserve this morning, I'd experience the under deluded wrath of an almighty God but instead God deals with me in mercy and God deals with me in grace hallelujah that's something to thank God for this morning Woo! 
glory to God. Hey, he deals with us in mercy and grace. Why? Because 2,000 years ago, his son, his darling, only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, went to the cross of Calvary. And while he was dying there, all of my sin was placed upon him. It was transferred to him. And he died in my place. And as he was dying there, God looked on him as it were me. And he died for my sin. And thank God he died for your sin. And he died for every man, woman, boy, and girl's sin. And he took our punishment. And he poor God poured out his wrath on his darling son in our place. Amen. And God extinguished his wrath towards me that day on the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. And my friend, that way now, I can experience joy. I can experience grace. I can experience mercy. All because he poured out his wrath on his only begotten son that day. Watch this. That mercy didn't run out 2,000 years ago. It's never exhausted. (laughs) Jeremiah said it like this in the book of Lamentations. It is of the Lord's mercies. That we are not consumed. <laughs> Hallelujah to God. Because his compassions fail not. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. <laughs> you say, what's wrong? Ain't nothing wrong. Everything's right. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the love of God that showed mercy to somebody like me. I mean, to show love and mercy and grace to a wretch like I was and a wretch like I am. And his compassions never fail, that he never runs out of love, that he never runs out of mercy, that he never runs out of grace. That's enough to thank God for this morning. Then it says this they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You know what? We'll never use up all of God's mercy because he makes a fresh batch of it every morning. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's a good reason to thank God for. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his grace. But last one, I'm done. And his truth endureth to all generations. Oh, thank God this morning for his guarantee. His guarantee. Simply stated, here's what that means. As the years pile up, not a single promise of God's word word is going to fail. I mean, let the the ages roll. I'm just going to keep on praising him. Why? Because his promises are still just as true as they were the moment he spoke them. (laughs) Ten thousands and thousands and thousands years from now, his promises are still true. They're still fresh. They're still right. See, he cannot lie. He cannot lie. So when he makes a promise, then, then you can count on it. You can take it to the bank. If God says he loves you, you can count on it. If God says that he'll save you if you come to him in faith, you can count on it. If God says he'll take care of you, you can count on it. If God says, I'm coming back, you can count on it. Listen, if he tells you he'll keep you saved, you can count on it. Listen, if just, just say it like this. Whatever he tells you, if he tells you anything at all in this book, you can count on it. And that's enough to thank God for this morning. Now, Satan will come up and he'll tell you, and your flesh will do it too, and the world will do it. It ain't worth serving the Lord. Serving the Lord's a waste of time, that's what I'm saying. 
Don't just, it don't pay off to live right. Don't pay off to go to church. Don't pay off to pray and read your Bible. Well, I, I believe a little different than that. There's some guarantees in here that it does pay off. Now, now there's a guarantee. I'm going to get here in just a minute. There's a guarantee of what's going to happen later on, but there's a guarantee of our earthly hope. We don't talk a lot about that. Now, listen, I, we're going to get in here in just a minute about what's coming later, but we're living for what's coming after this life. I mean, because that's when we expect to receive our inheritance. And that makes sense. Because an inheritance is usually given after the death of the one who owns inheritance. Is that right? Well, thing is, the one who owns our inheritance has already died. And he rose again. <laughs> and so what that means is because of his death and his resurrection, we are looking forward to heaven, but we're partakers in that inheritance today. Right now, we are partakers in that inheritance. I mean, heaven's going to be wonderful. Y'all listen, I got it good today. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I can't wait till I get there, buddy. I mean, I can't. But I'm telling you, I, I, I ain't ready to go right this minute because I'm enjoying living right now. Why are you so enjoying? Well, the Lord's always with me. That's good to thank God for. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He said, it's, well, I'll go with you all the way even into the end of the world. He's, I got the presence of the Lord with me right now. Hey, he's promised to meet all of my needs and out of his abundance, out of his riches, out of his bank account. He said he'd meet all of my needs, but he'd take good care of me. He told us that he took care of the lilies and he took care of the sparrow. And he said, we well, worth far more than a bird and far more than a flower. No matter what the hippies say, God said, we're worth more than that. He said, I'll take care of you. You'll always have a place to sleep. Always have clothes on your back. Always have food in your belly. Hey, that's what we need. Hey, listen, he said he'd take care of all of our needs. He, you know what? He cares about everything I face. Casting all our care upon him for he careth for me. Hey, listen, he cares for us. He listens to me when I pray. That's good right now, isn't it? Hey, he, he seems, I'll be honest with you, it seems like he's doing his best to spoil me. I don't know about you, but I I, I used to kind of wonder about that song, He Loves Me Like I Was His Only Child. I thought, man, that's pretty self-centered. But then I got to thinking about that thing, and I thought, well, you know, he does a good job of spoiling me. He does a good job of taking real good care of me. <laughs> Amen. And he's spoiling you too if you just think about it. Hey, watch this. You can take it any way you want to. But if you're saved, you've got a guarantee of some earthly hope. God take care. Now, now, now listen, you watch them TBM boys on that help, wealth, prosperity, false gospel. All that crowd don't know their Bible, and you might be thinking, well, I must not be blessed because all my bills are not paid. I must not have the touch of God on my life because I ain't got a fancy house. Well, well, Paul lived in prison most of his ministry. Jesus didn't even have a place to lay his head as far as his own home. You think you ought to have it better than Jesus? We're so spoiled as Americans. You know what happens? We get unthankful. We get unthankful. We <laughs> just thank God that he's taking good care of us. Listen, today, we got a slew of food up there. I mean, you'd, we'll almost be out with God not stay today. We got turkey and ham and mashed taters and macaroni and cheese and green beans and corn and them, 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 them fancy yeast roll things and pecan pie or pecan. I don't care how you say it. Just give me a piece. Uh, sweet potato pie. Uh, I mean, there's some other stuff up there. There's a bunch of food up there. And we're going to eat in just a minute. But you know what? There's probably going to be more waste today then some people's had to eat all week long. Well, bless them. 
He's taking real good care of us. <clears throat> the guarantee of our earthly hope. But what about a guarantee of our eternal hope? What about the guarantee of what's coming after this? Y'all saying lunch is coming after you. You just made us all hungry. You're right. I'm about done. But not only do we have the guarantee of God taking care of us right here. But this ain't the best it's going to be for us. Matter of fact, as good as it is, this is as worst as it's going to get for us. I don't even know if I said that right, but I mean, this is as bad as it's going to get. This is as close to hell as we're all going to come if you're saved by the grace of God. Old smiley, curly, smiley, wild over in, in, in Houston over there, wrote that book, Your Best Life Now. No, this ain't it. I mean, it's good. It's real good. I mean, it's getting gooder and gooder. But I'm telling you, this ain't all there is. One day, I think about that old song. Some of y'all don't, probably never not heard it, but a bunch of you would. That old, about that mama laying on her deathbed. She said, oh, look what I'm trading for, mansion. Oh, look what I'm leaving behind. <laughs> Woo! Look what I'm trading down here. We get to go to all this in heaven, too. We are really getting to go to heaven when we leave this world. Listen to me. We've got a home in heaven. We've got a place reserved for us in the presence of God. We have a hope that we're headed to a city where there's no more death. There's no more sorrow. There's no more parting. There's no more funerals. There's no more hospitals. There's no more doctor visits. There's no more families hurting your heart. There's no more friends turning their back on you. There's no more sin. We get to go to a city whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. We've got the guarantee of an earth, a heavenly eternal hope. We've got the best here, but hereafter it's going to get better. It's going to get sweeter. That's the God we serve this morning. And I just want to submit to you this morning. We've got a lot to thank God for. There's a lot of things physically and, and outside, outwardly that we ought to. But there's some things It'll never change. It'll never change that we ought to be thankful for. I believe with all my heart, I believe with all my heart that if, if, if we don't get a grasp on this, and I'm not as much worried about society this morning, and I'm not so much worried as, as the church as a, as a whole universal, however you want to say that. What I want to make sure is this. One, my heart and my family and our church right here, that we don't let that spirit of unthankfulness creep up. Now, I'm not, I'm not getting on nobody for whatever you're gonna do this week. I'm not going I'm not getting on you. You you do what you want to do. But isn't it just like the devil to make the largest shopping day? For a holiday that's supposed to be about Jesus, but that's another message for another day. The largest, the largest shopping day starts on the night of the day that we're supposed to set aside of Thanksgiving. Wonder how many times we've been hypocritical. Forget the world for a minute. We better get our eyes on ourselves. How many times have I been hypocritical? Standing around my family. Charging them, exhorting them about being thankful to God before we eat, 
sitting around my, my family, my mom and my, 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 my cousins and all that, my siblings, and, and, and challenging them to be thankful to God and praying over our meal, thanking God for all these things, sitting down and eating. It won't be long. All of a sudden, everybody's pulling up the ads, pulling out the newspaper ads, pulling them on the phone. What's going on? What's on sale? What's Academy going to have? What's Bass Pro? What's Cabela's going to have? Cabela's ain't anything no Bass Pro, what's, what, what are they going to have? What's the Wally World going to have? And we start thinking about all the stuff we don't have. On the same day that we're supposed to be thankful for everything we do have. I know everybody ain't like that. I'm just saying, there's been many times I've been guilty. Or whether I didn't get the ads out. I, and I don't, I hadn't done that in years because I did one time, one time I did a Black Friday thing because I wanted two guns. It's the only reason I'd ever do a Black Friday thing for a gun. I wanted two guns. And I said, I'll never do this again. This is stupid. I mean, I like my gun. I got, still got it. Amen. But man, that's dumb. But anyway, but maybe not get out of ad and start complaining Start complaining about what's on your plate. Start complaining about that cousin you don't like. Or that brother or sister you don't like. Or whatever. We get a spirit of unthankfulness. Now, I'm talking about silly stuff, but I'm telling you what, we get like that a lot of the time. And I, I don't not even trying to get any kind of sympathy on anything, but, but most of you know what we went through this week. And uh, me and my wife went through this week. And the one thing we have both have tried to pray all week long is God help us not let this make us unthankful for what we do have. Got two little babies waiting on us in heaven. One we lost in 2019, one we lost this week. God help us not to look past these three that God's given us. Be unthankful for that. But we've we've had a lot of things happen in our life. But it's a whole lot, it's, I'm telling you, there's a whole lot more good that's happened in my life. Man, I'm telling you, I wouldn't trade this life for any other life in this world. I wouldn't. That's my heart. That's not my heart. That's, I didn't write this book. It's God's heart. He just told me to remind you. And I don't know what you need. But I'm going to say this. If you don't have the hope of heaven this morning, today would be a good day for you to get the hope of heaven. Today would be a good day for you to put your faith and trust. I told you about what Jesus did for us to get us there. And place your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation He offers. And if you are saved... I want to exhort you to thank the Lord. I want to exhort you to magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together this morning. Maybe you just want to pray a prayer of thanksgiving. When's the last time you prayed a prayer that was a simple, of, of just, it, just a simple... Thank you. I'm not asking for nothing. I'm just thanking you. Maybe if you've had a spirit of unthankfulness, before you do that, you need to ask the Lord to forgive you for that. But then, 
Just a thankfulness. So I don't know where to start. If you're saved, y'all start with your salvation. Start with his goodness. Start with his grace, his guarantee. And then you ought to thank him for those physical things. Thank him for your family. Thank you for your friends. Thank you for those physical things. Thank you for all that outward stuff. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Thank you for the little stuff in your life. About that warm water you had this morning. You was able to maybe take a shower in. About that soap you was able to wash in. About that vehicle you got here on in. About them clothes you got in your back. But that roof over your head, that place you was able to lay down at. Oh, I could think of so much this morning. You do business with God.